0: Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. Happy Monday, guys. Another Monday during football season. Another Monday following a victory. Another Monday where the victory ties the coach for the most wins of all time in program history. Another victory where the home game winning streak gets extended. Yet again, another victory where the conference victories against the AAC the American Athletic Conference streak continues to expand by week coming up this weekend, guys. But you know what? On Monday nights, you know what we did? We recap what well, was yet again another win over the South Florida Bulls, 28-24. But look, that also means I got to bring in my two guys, two uh, homecoming kings in my book, if you will. That's none other than Aaron Smith and Chad Brendo. Aaron, Chad, gents, how are we?
1: We're doing hanging right. in there. We're hanging in there. Yeah, doing it's, all right. That's that's the best I got for now. We're hanging in there.
0: I can dig those. I can dig both of those responses. And and you know, Aaron just doing all right. Yeah, me and Brennick's hung out all day. So nice. okay, Brennick's that's that's your homecoming queen right there. Something like that. <laughs> Congratulations. I I know it looks a little strange because it's 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 Monday and there's no Ryan Royer below me right now. Uh, but. He's Don't on his worry. way. He's on his way. Don't you worry. Sometimes real life gets in the way of these these here podcasts, but he's on his way to rehab. Had a little work,
1: a little work commitment he was oh, uh man. he was working on. So he said he will be here as close to eight as humanly possible.
0: Sometimes even Mr. Bearcat can't make humanly possible possible, but he's gonna be here. There's no doubt about that.
1: Uh I guess GE... Oh, I still got my
0: oh. <laughs> is that the first you realize is looking at yourself on the camera
1: yeah it's it's been so like just part of my life having one of these on my chest lately yeah. that like i didn't even think about it being there so i was like oh hey i'm still i'm Dad, still Dad
0: fickle is that what it says on there <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was so funny it was it was it was uh, so funny
0: but you know, I, speaking of uh, the uh, the guys who kind of lead us, valiant leaders, if you will, uh, time to shout out our valiant leader, one of one of the goats out there. That is none other than uh, Danco Transmission and and Danco Joe, of course. Head to DancoTransmission.com, get ten dollars off your next oil change, ten percent off your next fixing, if you will. Um, I tell you what, during this bye week, a, a lot of the players and a lot of the fans, a lot of the coaching staff could. Could not only focus on their uh, their view of the cats and maybe the, the, the play of the cats on the field, but they can also head to Danco Joe and Danco Transmission, get their car worked on, get it all fixed up. So dancotransmission.com. Uh, gentlemen, you guys had, had the night, Chad. You did your Brendel Bites. Aaron, you've had a couple days to rehash and rekindle the flame that was the 28-24 victory over South Florida. And you know what? As Sunday Brunch, Bearcat Brunch does, we, we've been doing it on the BVP as well. It's just first, just overall general thoughts. Now that two days have passed in the victory, 30th in a row at Nippert, 18th against the AAC, Luke Fickle ties Rick with 53 career wins. Guys, what were you able to see and break down kind of a little bit more now that you've been able to rehash and give a couple days to think about it? Chad, we'll start with you.
1: Well, we do have some breaking news.
0: Oh gosh,
1: it's not—it's not great breaking news, but it's breaking news nonetheless. Arnton Page has committed to USC. Oh, okay, huh? Interesting. Typical Arnton Page fashion: no, no warning lead-up, no warning, no anything. (sighs) Just. uh, Arnton Page is committed to USC. If you've been following along, uh, I've been saying that this is kind of where I thought this situation was headed. Um, that's over the past week or so, kind of where the, the trade winds were blowing. So uh, yeah, there you go. Arnton Page is a, is a Trojan and while he's not a package deal with Isaiah Collier, uh, it certainly um, doesn't make you feel great about the Isaiah Collier situation uh, coming up on November 16th. But uh, I just saw that as I was uh, getting the, the the podcast up on, on Twitter and yep. uh, whatnot, and what have you. So uh, there you go. Back to football and we'll circle back around to uh, what that all means.
0: Yeah, we will. Cuz I you a know I've got in the show.
1: I've
0: got questions surrounding this obviously because I don't know. It just uh certain teams told Paige that they're recruiting him just him separately. We'll be more than happy to take him in as a comment all by him, commitment all by himself even without call your following by. I I just don't know. Um, now USC obviously gets the commitment, but we'll circle back to that. Uh, cuz there were some some other basketball players in town this past weekend for the Bearcats at the uh, football game. So we'll be we'll be basketball recruiting it up a little bit. But so in the back of your mind, we'll be able to kind of think about what we want to throw out there, hot takes and uh, cold emissions. And But for now, it's it's back to the uh, matter at hand, South Florida Bowls. Um, Cincinnati
1: Bearcats. I mean, I, my take on this is pretty simple. I, I think you tip your cap to USF. Um, they had a great game plan. They stuck to their game plan. They executed it pretty well. Uh, but ultimately it wasn't enough to knock off Cincinnati. I mean, I, I, I do I think do I think Cincinnati played great? No. Do I think Cincinnati played as poorly as some people reacted when you actually dig back in and looked at the game? Um, I thought the first two drives defensively were were not up to par, obviously but they did bow up and get a hold at the end of the second drive held them to three points um they scored two touchdowns from there the rest of the game and you know the defense i thought got progressively better as the game went on offensively they just didn't have many opportunities like Mm -hmm. they had 11 total possessions in the game one of them was the end of the half the hail mary which I I don't overly count as a, as a real possession. They got the ball with 22 seconds left. Mm -hmm. And I think one timeout, like what are you really going to be able to do? Uh, Barring just a, you know, a a breaking play on first down. Right. Um, And then the last possession was the kneel down. So they had nine possessions. They scored four touchdowns. They got stopped on fourth and goal. A fifth time they only had one three and out and they had three punts that were downed inside the 12 yard line so offensively it it, it's not as bad as it felt usf just did a great job of playing keep away like they were not in a hurry like at one point i think in the first quarter 11 11 minutes or something 12 minutes had gone off the clock And you see it run one play. And granted, that play was a a, an underthrow by Ben. Um, that I don't know if the wind caught that or not. It looked like it like died right in midair. Like he stepped into it, it looked like he drove it pretty well, but it didn't have he only threw it 45 yards. We've seen Ben Bryant easily throw a ball 45 yards a million times. That's not making an excuse for him, that's just it didn't look like the ball, like it, it it drove downfield the way that he normally does. Tyler Scott was open. Um, the one thing that that obviously is concerning, again, third down on both sides of the ball. Um, the defense is not getting on off the field enough on third down. The offense is not staying on the field enough on third down. And, and I think as you go into the bye week, if there's one thing that's going to need – cleaned up if there's one thing that's going to need you know um tinkered with or maybe some uh some self-scouting on what are we doing on third down that's not working on both sides of the ball because mm-hmm. these two road games that are coming up and we'll obviously get into this more next week but you go into smu into ucf and and you convert 20 percent of your third downs and they convert fifty. You're asking for a disaster on the road. Um, that has—that's the one thing that jumped out at me. That like this has to get fixed. But I—I I didn't walk out feeling like UC played a terrible game. And people will look at the 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 line, and then they'll look at the score, and they'll say, "Well, UC played like shit." Right. I just didn't see that. I saw some flaws. I saw some things that still need to continue to improve. But I didn't think that was a game that they played bad. I just think it was a game that USF had a great game plan. They 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 got what they wanted in terms of what they were trying to accomplish. And UC didn't do a, a great job taking that away early. And that gave them some momentum. Right.
0: Agree,
2: and- Aaron. Um, I'm going to go a little bit further depressed than, than Chad there. Um, okay. I thought it was an ugly game. I, I think that they did clean up some things. They cleaned up penalties for certain. Um, mm-hmm. as They only had four penalties for 35 yards, which is by and away their best game uh, thus far this season. Um, that they said, almost beat Florida. That doesn't mean they're good.
1: It doesn't. I mean – it doesn't mean they're as bad as a lot of people were making out, them out to be. They're also a team that had a shit ton of, of power five transfers. That so it,
0: and about, about South Florida real quick. So the, it, And sure, adversity goes both ways in some of these situations. But week one against BYU, there was a two-hour rain delay. Uh, that might affect one team more than the other. And you saw it truly affect South Florida. They looked like absolute garbage in the first half of that one. And then... Of course, you talk about you know the whole Florida game and everything that came out of that, and then against Louisville, their top four wide receivers were all hurt out of the game. And you saw, you know, Xavier Weaver is a big time wide receiver. He had eleven of the twenty targets throughout the game, and he was he was able to turn in a big game, uh, and which kind of balances their attack. When you take away the top four receivers on any team, one team is going to be able to focus on that, and that's what Louisville did, and absolutely took them to the woodshed. And then last is the fact that the game against ECU two weeks ago, uh, that that had to be moved due to, due to the hurricane, had to play at FAU. So, you know, a lot of different adversity piled up. And also that was a situation against East Carolina where they also were down huge in the first half. And then the second half completely shut down ECU, kind of like what Indiana did to Cincinnati in the second half of that game. So, it, sure, yes, they're they're not a good team. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you know South Florida is a great team and Cincinnati should be happy they got away with with a win and just move on because there's a lot more to it but I mean they've been through a lot and they like Chad like you said they've got a bunch of transfers from from high level programs and they also on top of that had a very experienced offensive line that did have some some injuries in it but still you've got you know a group of leaders in that amongst that offensive line it's going to be able to continue to keep that rolling and I mean you come in Big time underdogs. Everyone in the in the world is doubting you. Everyone thinks you're going to get blown out against Cincinnati. You're going to play with a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, you know. And and the coaching staff is going to coach with with chips on their shoulders too because they know that their jobs are starting to get on the line as well. So all that tied into one kind of makes. Right, makes if, if, USF if you
1: want to be argumentative, Bearcat twelve. Let's be argumentative. What poor play calling, coaching was there by UC? What, what was the poor play calling and coaching?
2: I don't even know that. It, well, there was some run when you're running three, four times in a row and it's not working. At some point in the first half, um, that was kind of a strange series where they came out and ran it like three straight times.
1: Okay, I think they, they had their best rushing day of the season.
2: I'm just saying early on it wasn't working. And...
0: The, the, the only real head scratcher I had was it was a third down and ten, uh, a a designed quarterback draw for for Ben Bryant, that which. Was...
2: Which is uh, that's that ain't it. Um, there was another, there was another when they were going for it on fourth down where I don't know why you don't leave Evan Prater in and just let him run that run another uh RPO, but um, I don't know. That's being nitpicky at that point, right? Um, there was definitely poor execution defensively on lots of plays, so.
1: Um, I I did want to get to this a little bit, um, how well their O-line blocked our defensive front. They didn't give UC much of a chance. Like, it it was clear they looked at what UC has done. Like, Bahana didn't have the ball in his hands for more than two and a half seconds on any of his 20 passing plays. It was take the snap, take a step, hit a dig, hit a slant. Everything was quick. They were not going to let UC pin their ears back and come after him. I think there were, what, two or three where they got close and then he he bounced and scrambled out. Um, their right. game plan was clearly do not let them pin their ears back and come after us. And I think some of that is also game-generated because when do you get to do that? When you've got a lead, when you're up and, and you're up a couple scores – and they have to throw. UC never really put them because of the limited possessions, they never really put them in a position where they had to throw. Right. South uh, Florida took almost no risks. They were not going to turn the ball over. They were not going to let UC, you know, just start a parade to the quarterback like uh like Tulsa Tulsa did.
2: I just don't think they played a good game like overall I don't think Cincinnati played a good game. I can understand where people were, are frustrated with the team as a whole. You can be frustrated. Okay,
1: but we're here to talk about that. What what wasn't good? Defensively they were they were not good. Outside of the first two series they were very good. Okay, but I mean they still got
2: behind the eight ball. Like like I said, I mean it's a sloppy game against a team that they should have they were favored by 27 and a half points. You should have destroyed You, you should have destroyed South Florida, but like we've talked about in the nightcap is the fact that you're getting everyone's haymaker. You're getting everyone's super bowl or whatever big title you want to give it for some of these teams. It's the last time they're going to play Cincinnati. They're giving them their best shot against a team that has dominated over the course of the last two and a half seasons now. So no, I understand like, why it wasn't... Well,
1: it, it also, going... hasn't every game with the past five games with South Florida, every game's been close? Uh, again, when that doesn't... been superior to them every year, and yet they've still found a way to hang around against Cincinnati?
2: Just because these teams are playing Cincinnati close does not in any way, shape, or form mean that they're or, not... Or maybe not we a... missed it.
1: Maybe we did a bad job of analyzing this game.
2: I'm saying that South Florida's not a good team. I think that you can play teams close and give them their best shot. Every time, like every time they play over the course of the last several seasons, and still admit the fact that they're not a good team.
0: Yeah, I, I, the the thing about South Florida as well is is the fact that they they've given up a bunch of big plays uh, throughout the year, and you know I thought that when Ben missed the throw, you know the deep ball was, and and normally he also leads Tyler a little bit more to the middle, and, and it didn't. Yeah,
1: he made a bad throw. Go,
0: yeah, it was, it was it was simply a tough throw, yeah. And the second that that was intercepted, that's when USF kind of flipped a switch and said, okay, we're kind of in control of the game. And, yes, the, the first down runs were tough, letting them pick up three or four or five to kind of just progressively stay in front of the chains. But, you know, it, I don't think you can watch that game and come away and say that South Florida sucks and that Cincinnati, you know, played like garbage because – Yes, at, I think at that's times.
1: being reactionary. I think that's being emotional. That's not watching the game. It, your your opinion is not a fact, Bearcat Twelve. Like it's your opinion. That's okay. You have an opinion, but when you're stating your opinion as fact, that's that's incorrect. Um, do do I think the defense played great? No, but I think after the first two drives, it's a defense that got the job done far more often than not. They struggled on the first two drives. Absolutely. The tackling was sloppy Their gap integrity. Wasn't great on the first two drives. I thought USF had a really good game plan. I I think the first thing that jumped out in my mind was that USF went back to that Arkansas tape and said, Bohannon's kind of a bigger body dual threat quarterback. Let's put him in some situations that KJ Jefferson was in. Um, and, and I said this I, I, to Justin. We were talking on the field after the game. And we both agreed. The thing that concerned me the most about this game is UCF. Mm-hmm. Because Plumlee's a running back playing quarterback. Like, they're going to look at this tape. Now, he's not a bigger physical runner like KJ Jefferson and Bohannon are. Um, but this there, there's clearly right now a flaw in defending a mobile quarterback somewhere in the defense. Maybe that was Ivan Pace getting his shoulder dinged up on the first series. Maybe that was Deshaun Pace going down, um, but he plays more of that strong side. So he's not going to be occupied with with quarterback runs a lot, but that would be my biggest concern coming out of this is, is there a fundamental flaw the way this team is defending when it comes to defending mobile quarterbacks in general.
0: Yeah. And another player that you got to, you know, and, and yes, I think Jacob Dingle stepped in, did a a fine job, but Brian threats was progressively getting better week in and week out.
1: And and that was a huge point that was missing in the first half. Guess what? Second half, Brian threats in the game. Defense plays a lot better. Outside yeah. of the one long, yeah, it was like fifty-nine run yard run.
0: Of, yeah. yeah, fifty-nine yard run. You take that away, and total yards in the second half, they're they're hovering around forty yards total. Yeah, and oh no, pardon me, that's that's way off. But but hovering around like ninety yards total, uh, which is which through quarters through two quarters is not spectacular. Um, yeah, but it's it, it's also interesting to think as well because I want to uh, kind of ask Ryan this, but I don't think he'll give a a truly direct answer. But you know when. When it comes to this type of a scenario, a certain human element clicks in a little bit. And yes, you want to say that everyone is always locked in for games. Everyone is always going to be ready to, you know, come out and and, and give it all, give it their all, no matter what is the team name on their jersey, this, that, and the other. I mean, you even saw, you know, Draymond Green, when he's not punching Jordan Poole, he even mentioned that, you know, he Struggles against the teams that are, you know, not good, like the Sacramento Kings of the world and different different teams like that. He struggles to get up and, and get ready to play those type of games. And when you have a bye week coming after this week, it's homecoming. You've got, you know, probably a bunch of people in town, different things here and there. You see 27 and a half point favorites. You see Louisville beat them, you know, 42, 40, what, 52 to three or something like that. You saw ECU hung, you know, 41 points in the first half against them. I, I'm not sure when a certain human element kicks in where it's like, you know, if we go out there and we just kind of do what we need to do, we're going to be able to come out with a win in this. And, you know, a, a turnover happens, and then before you know it, you're sitting there down 10 nothing and it's kind of just everything's thrown away. You know, kind of like what we said against Tulsa, where they make it a physical fight and game plans are thrown away. So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a interesting to see Maybe at the human element side of things is something because even Luke's mentioned mentioned it in the post game, just kind of you know didn't didn't feel like they came out ready to, to to rock and roll like they normally do, and I don't know if it's you know, and that's
1: what that's what you see when a team goes down and scores in three of their first four possessions. Right. I
2: want to mention real quick, happy birthday to Dave Simone, and thank you, Thanks, Tom, Tom, for the donation. We appreciate it.
1: Let 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 me let me read you this, okay. After they made it 21 to, what was it, 14? Or 21-17. Yeah.
0: Bearcats, yeah.
1: Yeah. Here's here's the, the USF uh, uh, drive chart for the rest of the game. Uh, five plays for 16 yards, punt. Four plays for 16 yards, punt. Three plays for five yards, punt. Um, they did have the, the quick strike. Uh, touchdown, five plays for 88 yards after the Bohannon 59-yard run, uh, and then three plays minus two yards, punt, and nine plays 35 yards, turnover on downs. Whatever the problem was, they fixed it. They were they were able to get it figured out. And Bearcat 12, I don't I don't think you're listening. That's why I say you're trying to be argumentative. Do I think UC played great? No. Do I think there were issues with how they played? Yes. Do I think they played terrible? Like normally under normal circumstances in this type of situation against a team that you're favored by 27 and a half points or whatever it was, it would take you playing terrible to produce the result that we got. I don't think you see played terrible. Do I think they played well? Like, am I, am I gushing about how great they played? No. What I'm saying is sometimes it's okay to tip your cap to the other team and say, you know what? They came in here with a great game plan. They wanted to play keep away. They wanted to keep Cincinnati's offense on the sidelines. And they did that. They succeeded at that, especially to the point that they had the 21-17 lead. That kind of faded away from there outside of the long behind-and-run But it's okay to just give your opponent credit for playing well, for causing you some problems, for putting you in positions that maybe they hadn't put anybody else in before. Maybe they changed. Well, and I know they changed some things because they weren't running the much to this point.
0: They didn't one game.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I wonder if that maybe did catch Cincinnati's defense a little bit by surprise. Because they do have really good wide receivers. So I wonder if the thought was, we're going to try to, you know, contain what they're doing on the outside. And instead, USF came in with this game plan to run a lot of quarterback power. Or maybe they just, they ran it some in that initial scripted series and it worked. So they were like, all right, we're just going to do this until Cincinnati shows that they can stop it. Like, I, I just think we're so fast these days to like, Fire and brimstone, and everything sucks, and everybody's terrible. That's okay when everybody sucked and everybody was terrible. But I don't necessarily think that was the case in this specific game. I just think USF executed their game plan pretty well. Could UC have done more to stop that? Yeah, get off the field on third down. Whatever it is defensively that you're changing on third down, scout it figure it out do something different because teams have third down figured out with this defense like the indiana game brent it, what's his nuts phase lack yeah was awful on first and second down he was right. tom brady on third down
0: right.
1: his first and second down throws were all over the place yeah and then on third down boom, perfect dude right
0: Fire right zone. in the hand right
1: like and they didn't allow a single sack that they got it out quick and they didn't put the ball in harm's way. Yeah. And I think when you're looking at a team that this is the, (laughs) this is the um, obvious, like for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction for all the talk coming into this game, Cincinnati leads the nation in sacks Cincinnati leads the nation in um, tackles for loss, Cincinnati mm. leads the nation in uh, in t- defensive touchdowns. Yeah, you think that wasn't like on the board at South Florida, right? Don't get sacked, turn it over. You know, they still had quite a few tackles for loss. Like that wasn't um, mm. taken away from them, but um, it, yeah, I I just I I understand. Being a fan is emotional. What we try to do is remove the emotion from it and talk about what we saw. Yeah. I I didn't see a Cincinnati offense that was terrible. I just saw a Cincinnati offense that didn't have the ball much. And, like, even when you think about, like, you know, the the three punts, Mason Fletcher only averaged 40 yards a punt. I guess Long was 42. Right. And all three punts were down inside the 12-yard
0: line.
2: That means the drives football.
1: stalled out at midfield. Drives weren't stalling out at your own 20.
2: I thought it was mm. hilarious that Luke said if he held the ball anymore, any longer, he's he was going to he there. was going to run out and tackle him. It's
1: getting it's getting a little silly. How long he's standing back there? Yeah, like you saw that for his gunners to get that Rams
0: punter yesterday, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, who held on for too for too, for too long, got tackled. You know, it's, so it's a. Uh, it's it's also interesting to point out because you know like you mentioned, you know it was uh Jerry Bohannon was you know he third game where he's carried it for you know twelve or more touches and he had that one big run but this was the most rushing yardage he had going over the hundred yard mark and the other game he did that was against Florida and and I know everyone says that Florida's not a good team this that and the other but this was a Florida team that just had beaten Utah that that everyone was you know kind of pumping their chest about so excited for how good Florida. You know, it's Florida back the set and the other. I their quarterback was in the running for the Heisman at that point. You know, and then they right. play they play Kentucky really well. So, so this is at the time everyone was talking about Florida being a really good team or or potentially a a really solid team in the SEC yeah. and potentially on their way back. So, yes, now they've you know they've t- taken their licks here and there, but still, I at the time it was a good Florida team. I and so you know, I USF also I think is working in two new coordinators, <laughs> offense and defense. So. You know, maybe it is game six where they start to click and start to get their mojo back and, or their mojo at all. And I, I don't know, it, it's the whole bye week coming the next week. It makes it where at, at a certain point, I guarantee you, everyone on the Cincinnati staff was like, okay, well, you know, bear down and let's, let's figure out a way to, to, to just come out and win this game. And, right. you know, their bats are up against the wall and they were able to make the adjustments and everything needed to be to come out and win the game because, you know, watching a couple of just you know plays just quickly throughout the day to day, you know you saw like Ivan Pace. I think that injury really affected Ivan. Um, you know where, whereas against you know Tulsa, where it was you know pretty much a, a standing statue in the backfield every single play, they they sent everyone against Tulsa. It was two <laughs> two or three blitzers on every single passing play, and you know daring them to throw. And this yeah. one there wasn't many blitzes. It, you know. In, in this USF one, it was,
1: only threw 20 times, and like I said, almost right. 15 of them were two and a half seconds. The ball was out.
0: Yeah, and, and then a couple other ones were just you know it's it's a quick route, and then you're throwing it as quick as you can to Weaver and just hoping weaver is open and, and hauls it in. And for you know, six of those he was. And I, I, he had one pretty good catch against Javon Hicks. That was uh you know, one-handed haul in. But like you said, they've got good athletes, they've got good players out there as well. And, Always do, and, you know. It's, uh, it's, it's a game where, you know, you look at records. And, and Luke reiterated it in the, uh, in the post-game show, post-game press conference, how he's like, you know, I, I hate when you pull up a team, you know, and on paper they're one, one and four. four. Yeah. And then you watch the tape and you're like, how is this team one and four? Because they're showing me a lot of things where they can come out and pull on, you know, some some big wins here and there, but they just hadn't been able to. So, uh, I don't know. You could, you could nitpick it more. But in the end, it was it was a couple of big big plays needed by Cincinnati. A fourth yeah. down stop by Ty Van Fossen, who you know, hopefully, I, you you could now see this as a as a springboard for Ty to have a huge second half of the regular season, second half of the season as well.
1: Well, and you I think the- that's going to be necessary, Brent, because I think teams are going to try to start game planning away from pace.
0: Right. Right.
1: Let's get the ball wherever Quick pitches, it's not. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's just <laughs> they had offensive linemen
0: double teaming Pace at one point.
1: Yeah,
0: I saw a couple of
2: plays. That's how good he pace,
0: pace was tackled on on a yeah. couple of plays, and I mean, you are going to call it because he's he he is you know. Low they center called it on, gravity. on James Tunstall.
1: Oh man, They raced a the Trey Tucker touchdown.
0: I mean, that was a uh, that was one of those where the defender just falls down.
1: Yeah, and, and
3: <laughs> like, Tunstall, Tunstall just, just made stay down. Yeah,
0: I mean. Officiating's really yeah. interesting. Just watch that that Tampa but, Bay Buccaneers game. But
1: anyway, if your argument is they're terrible on third down, I agree. On both yep. sides of the ball, they have mm-hmm. to. They have to right. figure out a way to be better on third down.
0: Yeah, they do. There's uh, no
1: argument from me there.
0: I mean, third to two. More often than not, we turned and tried to hand the ball off, and and when it mattered, uh, the yardage was picked up there late in the fourth quarter yeah. to move the chains and whatnot, but a couple of times especially on that fourth and two or fourth and one in the in the third quarter I believe it was I mean everyone in the entire everyone in Nippert and everyone on USF sidelines knew that it was going to be a handoff up the middle to, to Ryan Montgomery. And USF sent everyone and one guy came through untouched and was able to tackle Ryan down you know for a loss on that play. But you know it's a you can nitpick here and there but yeah the because that opening drive, they had two third down conversions. USF did. You you stop them on one of those, so win gets out of the, their sails. The second set of downs, they picked up two more third down conversions. One of them being the touchdown. You know, you they only you had eight on, Yeah, yeah. I mean, you stop them on one of those and takes a win out of their sails. Kind of flips the game in Cincinnati's side, and they're not able to run this methodical slow it down. I, you know, the, the game reminded me of like last year at Tulane and, you know, as as well as, you know, at at home against Tulsa and on the road against Navy, where they just come up with a game plan. They're like, we're going to, we are going to stall. We are going to slow down. We're going to pick up yardage here and there and dink and dunk passing game and, and try and just eat the clock while keeping the offense off the field for Cincinnati. Cincinnati comes out and they, they press at times. But I mean, after that pick, Ben Bryant went seven of seven on his next seven passes. Yeah. And, you know, one of those being a touchdown in the first half. So I I guess the next question is uh, you know, that we, we kind of got all that out of the way. We we saw Evan Prater come in for a, a play um in the red zone in the uh the second half and what start of the fourth quarter, I think it was and I I love the love that play. Um yep. he almost got in, picked up nine yard nine yards, and we've we've mentioned a lot of the times, you know. Goal to go situations it seems like the team sometimes does struggle to punch the ball into the end zone he he came out and and even if you know that he's going to be keeping the ball and 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 running it you know that's uh that's one
1: whoa whoa whoa! the chair was here
0: but uh anyway my delay hey you're good how's the function
3: well, it was as good as me speaking in front of uh, fifty student athletes, feeling a little Whoa. underprepared as it can go. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> yeah, they had like v- they had all these VP experienced people, and then just my jackass sitting up there trying to get my two cents. <laughs> no time to make flashcards
0: or anything. You were just up there. Uh- oh, I
3: had, I had my little, uh, my trusty Post-it note. Okay. I sat up there like this the just whole time. Just one post-it
1: note. <laughs> I looked okay, there. very good. Very good no, nah,
3: this thing stayed in my pocket. I was all off the cuff. Come on. Gosh, <laughs> I love it. It's like a best man speech. You're just ready. You know yeah, what to besides, say. I, I even uh, did the best man drinking before, too. Made sure I was a little loose. Good. good. You, you need to do that. You need to do that. Takes the, uh, takes the edge off. There you go. Oh. Well,
1: well, we're doing. I want to get Royer's wrong. thoughts now. I, I've had my thirty-minute rant.
3: <laughs> Specific to?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh well, hey, if you guys didn't know, we're joined now, Ryan Royer, <laughs> VBP, Ryan Royer. How are we?
3: Doing great. Uh, just been running around all day. Now it's time for the best part of the day: hanging out with you guys, debating oh. a not so stellar Bearcat performance, but we got to win. At home, we didn't lose the streak to one of the worst teams we were going to play all year. So, But they came out and they played well. I'll
1: give you my notes, Royer.
3: All right, let's hear it.
1: I don't think UC played well, but I don't think they played terribly. I think USF had a good game plan. They executed that game plan. They kept the Cincinnati offense off the field. And they played kind of above their lot. Which teams will do from time to time. Third down, both sides of the ball. Has to get better. Terrible again. It's been bad for a couple weeks now. They need to self-scout in the bye week. But I didn't walk away feeling like UC played like shit. I walked away feeling like they weren't as good as they needed to be. But sometimes you got to tip your cap to the opponent and say, you know what? Those guys, those guys came in and 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 knew what they wanted to do and were able to accomplish it that's my yeah
3: opinion. yeah I agree with you um I think that's a game where if the way USF played it should have been maybe like a 17 point win instead of a you know I thought we were gonna win by 35 plus um, sure but I think it was way too close I mean we had opportunities to lose that game um, and once again it's it's a common theme kind of goes back to um, the Arkansas a, a mobile quarterback it seems to be giving us some problems this guy was a little bit more shifty and can make you miss than, um, than Jefferson was for Arkansas, but still it's kind of like putting our guys in space, you know, that quarterback, it'll isolate read guys. And it's, it's one-on-one. We've got to make the tackle, got to wrap up, get the guy down. And that's something we've struggled with time and time a couple times this season. But like, I, like I said, you win, you, you don't blow the streak at home against, against a not worthy opponent, but, like you said, it, it didn't feel like they're playing terrible, but then it was just like right when they needed to make a play to just start putting the game away, like USF would just find a way to stay on the field, and then you mix in Ben going down. It was just like a perfect like shitstorm for the Bearcats, but a young team finding a way to win that game and just not blow it and blow the season, it's promising, but now we got a bye week to write um, the ship, fix all those tackling errors, and Let's get third down cleaned up.
0: Yeah, what's what's with the the, the team before bye weeks? Because I, you yeah. know what you think last year, IU was was obviously a struggle in the first half and but on the road it's a different scenario. Able to able to string along a bunch of points in a row and come out with a big victory there. And then bye week in Notre Dame and obviously came out crisp on fire against the Irish. And then what two years ago in 2020 it was the against South Florida before a bye week. And I mean 2020 was a weird year. People had a month long bye week, so we, we can't really dive too much <laughs> into that. But that was a South Florida game where there was like ten combined turnovers. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then that you was look a crazy game. Even, 2019, it was that game against Miami at Nippert. Throwback uniforms, if you remember, and and Miami kind of was was giving the team all they could handle, in you know the first quarter and a half, and then you know big play by by B. Wright, and then a, a couple of big runs by Mike Warren, and and that game's kind of put to bed as well. But it seems like. Now, the 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 week before a bye is there some sort of you know behind the head something that the players don't want to let known but they know there's a bye week coming up they know that there's a it's a team on paper that we're supposed to dominate it's just something about these bye weeks man it just oh.
3: i think what i don't know if it's been brought up yet but 100% the number one thing to blame the white helmets i mean yeah. you yeah. should have known. <laughs> Right. You should have known. I mean, you I don't agree. wear the white helmets. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it's Chatty B's favorite topic. I know because, well, he, I know yeah. he what was in here is- dissecting it. <laughs> <laughs> I know he was in here him. dissecting. <laughs> well, because the helmets play the games, not the players. We all know that. The helmets play the games. You saw what it did to us at Arkansas. Yeah. The helmets didn't want to stay on our heads. They were determining the game. It was That's them. Point. They're Never like, we want to get that. off our best player's head so they don't right. have to play so Arkansas can win. Wow. Same thing going that. on here. Yeah. Wow. I, there's no <laughs>
1: argument I can make over the helmet issue at Arkansas. Imagine <laughs> if they were the white helmets. Oh,
3: oh my man. God. Those helmets would probably fall off and then somehow find a way to cause our running back to fumble, knock Are the ball like, out of his hand. Catch on fire. <laughs> or his or <laughs> yeah. Like ben, ben would step in a fallen helmet. Break his <laughs> angle. Oh, no. Good Lord. Yeah. no. Only not the white helmets, though. Because,
0: so. Chad, Hel- helmets play the games, not the players. Ryan and I were just discussing that. And, uh, and Aaron was the one who said. Brent, I can I still continue. hear
1: everything when I <laughs> kick myself oh. out of the room.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: I'm just in the lobby. Like, I can still. <laughs> See, I heard Aaron <laughs> laughing. That's what I heard.
3: You didn't hear First... what I said about you?
1: Yeah, I did. Every word of it.
0: We'll talk about that off air. There you go. (laughs) But yeah, you know how much?
1: Like seriously, how much do you guys laugh at the whole? Because then, like you have, there's been so much fun poked in, like the uniform reveals. Like, oh, it's gonna be a white helmet. Oh no, it's not. It's a red. Like you guys have fun messing with people, don't? Yeah, the Squid Games
3: one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. fun because like. There's people who are like memeing the white helmets, and then there's people who are actually like, "Oh my god, they better not wear them." And so we 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 take good fun in it because, like, obviously we know like it's how we play, not the helmet. But it, you gotta poke, you gotta find some fun in some of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, maybe it is the bye week. I don't know. Maybe it's just bad luck, Aaron. I don't. What do you I don't, think it is, Aaron? I don't know. I think
2: uh, I think the team started playing better in the fourth quarter after we had our our midfield hug.
3: Um, (laughs) yes (laughs) right on right on cue there wow (laughs) something about the hug interesting yeah brent brent i cheated on you i'm sorry god
2: damn but uh (laughs) horrible i don't know i mean the i i agree we've talked about it uh, already but i mean when you play as poorly as they have this entire season on third downs offensively and defensively you're going to run into problems and yeah uh that's Kind of been the Achilles' heel of this team this season so far.
0: I, coming off a of bye week, though, I, I mean, what three years ago it was at Marshall? I don't know if you remember that game, but that was on yeah. the bloodbath, and I got in that
3: game at linebacker. You know, there it we go. Good, We okay.
0: played. Good. <laughs> we played.
3: <laughs> uh, ben Bryant
0: completes a pass to Trey Tucker, very close to a touchdown in that game as yeah, well. Uh, I remember that. And on top of that, you know, of course, 2020, the, the next game coming off that bye week after USF, when everyone was, you know, giving the whole Dez and Ben Bryant talk back and forth that season, that next week was was at SMU. And if you remember what happened at SMU that, that, that week, that was when the uh, Desmond Ritter superstar took off. Mm-hmm. And then, then, of course, last year, we mentioned it already that the game at Notre Dame followed the bye week after IU. So, I expect the the staff is going to hone in and, and really lock down and, and get things right back on track because Addison yeah. U at UCF is kind of, you know, the, the toughest back to back game stretch the rest of the way. So when it comes to a bye week without giving too much away, what uh, what is kind of the uh, the path and the things that that the staff likes to do uh, for the team and everything along that?
3: So obviously we like to recharge but we're still getting three like good solid practices in there but not like too much to kill us but it's still like we're still practicing we're still introducing the game plan we don't not too much not too soon because we don't want to like overkill with the game plan we we'll do a little bit of scout team do a little bit of intros but we won't like overkill it it's not like we have two weeks of full prep just a little intro this week but still practicing hard get some good lifts in, get the blood flowing, uh, guys will be locked in, guys will be recovering. I mean, they do, we're doing everything you should be doing. We're not killing ourselves staying active and, you know, still ball still going on. It's just not as uh, focused in on one different um, look. We take some time to kind of look at ourselves, what we need to improve on instead of maybe honing so much in on, on the the game uh, team of the week. So it's a bye weeks are great. Like we, like you said, we've obviously played well off of them all through the fickle era. It's because great coaching staff, they got a great plan. Guys are going to get healthy guys are going to get guys are going to get coached up. It's gonna be good. And, you know, I think we're going to be rolling at SMU at, different situations
0: obviously arise every season, but you do see some changes following bye weeks as well. Um, most notably in the SMU game, you know, that, that, that was where you know, Renfro and, and Quinn had their first starts at center and at guard uh, following the bye week. And then, of, of course, last year, you saw Tunstall came in during the IU game, but was officially uh, the starter following that uh, bye week at uh, Notre Dame. And he's rode that ride all the way since. Um, is, is there something as well, like taking a step back, because, I you know, it. I don't think there's going to be any major changes because I think the team is doing a great job as with, with cohesively. But it's uh, kind of a, a way to, to, to watch all of the the film and see kind of, you know, wow, it seems as if, you know, I think Jake and Dylan would do a great job stepping in here and give us the best chance we, we need moving forward.
3: Yeah, like I said, you know, kind of looking more at ourselves, too. we got some extra time that we're not so focused on an opponent. So we're kind of evaluating, hey, can this guy do this job just as good, if not better? Let's give it a look at practice, see how it goes, give him an opportunity in the game. Guys will be getting healthy too, so trying to get guys back that didn't get to play or may have got dinged up in that game. That'll be big, like Tyler Scott. I know Jaden Thompson got dinged up a little bit, but he was still finished the game. And Corey Kiner, expect him to be back. Who knows, maybe maybe Mets. Maybe we'll get to see Met, – maybe Mets can get healthy – maybe that could be a little addition to the O-line, maybe a little mix-up. I'd love to see that. That's a first-team all-conference guy, um, you know, making sure Ben's all right and all that stuff. So it'll be big for that, to like, big to be getting guys back, getting them healthy, and, like I said before, make sure we're evaluating to make sure we have the best 11 guys in the field at all time to help us win, and they'll be able to do more uh, self-scouting on that this week. Okay.
0: Okay. Um- Let's, let's touch back on the game real fast. Chuck McClellan, obviously, you know, news about Corey Kiner being out, you know, trickling in throughout uh, Saturday. And then obviously made official uh, and Chuck comes out and picking up big gain after big gain, you know, seven yards, eight yards, 15 yards, 16 yards, 35 yard touchdown run. It seems as if Chuck is kind of taking matters into his own hands and, and wanting to become that, that bell cow back and, I mean, when you see him hit the hole now, he kind of – he has that little, you know, kind of holds up, stands at the line, and then finds, finds an opening and goes. Or he can just go right off the bat. It seems like he's kind of calmed down, and the game's really coming to him pretty easily.
3: Yeah. So where Chuck makes his money is is out in space. And, you know, sometimes he doesn't get his space as much in between the tackles. But when he does, he's really good at, like – uh, you know, as a running back, sometimes like just – you want to get on half of them. You want to pick half of them. That way it's easier to break the tackles because, you know, the defense, they can't make full contact with your body. And Chuck's really good at finding half of the defender and making that slight little cut. Maybe, like, you see him all the time breaking guys' ankles. But the way you see guys just kind of, like, kind of just bounce right off Chuck or they can't seem to wrap him up, it's because he makes slight little cuts right before contact to, to split the defender, to make a defender be, like, one quarter of himself and he's able to break tackles like that. He's so good at it. It's such a simple thing that, that it's hard to catch during the games because it's happened so quick and like the different angles from over the field, but playing against him and like uh, watching him play and knowing his game for so long, that's something he does so well. That's why you see him when he gets out in space, like it's very rare that first guy is going to bring him down. Like, and that, and I think that's what we did a good job of with him on Saturday Getting him the ball, getting him room. We've been struggling, like getting room between the tackles, getting guys room to work on the edges. And we've started to put that together on Saturday. And you're seeing the perfect guy for that situation, Chuck, take advantage of it. And like you said, that's good. That's good for Corey. That's good for our offense, having two guys that can be able to like pick up the load and and go. Cause that way, if we have Chuck in there, yeah got Monty back, Chuck can, Chuck can spread the field more. And then that's going to open things up inside, open up our inside run game, which I think fits Monty and Corey a little bit better. Uh, So, I mean, and there's not a guy who deserves that more. I was in the locker room after the game and coach Vic brought Chuck up and have him speak in front of the team. It's kind of what he does for guys who like played well and like had like a, a coming out moment like he did in that game. And, you know, just a guy that the guys love, Who's been through some of the hardest, hardest injuries and two of them? Like, there's not a guy who deserves that more. And I just love seeing what he's doing. Uh, Third down and 10.
0: How deep are you going into the playbook before you call a design QB
3: draw for Ben Bryant? I don't know. I, I tell people Ben's sneaky. He's sneaky. He, sneaky. he can he can get vertical. He can get the yards. I mean, he's just such a pocket talent that yeah. He's just we rely heavily on that, but he's no Des Ritter, but he could don't don't count him out. I wasn't counting him, but I just thought the, the play I know. call was, was funny, but it is, it is. Don't sleep to, on him.
0: Don't sleep on it. I had to poke the fun Um I guess so. Then Evan came in. This is this is back to the kind of the open ended uh, to uh, Chad and Aaron as well. Evan came in and and you know he obviously had the one overthrow, but that was a very tough tough pass to make on third and fifteen. Uh, but you know even even Chuck mentioned it in the post game about how you know the the ability of, of of having a scrambling quarterback in the backfield when you do the RPO is is it does freeze the linebackers you know a split second. And yep. Chuck said he he noticed an extra opening and noticed the ability to, you know, hey, the linebacker kind of really wasn't there when they're a little bit more keyed on knowing that he's going to be the one carrying the ball. So Evan, obviously, if Ben comes back, it's a different conversation. But Evan came into that fourth quarter, designed play inside of the 10-yard line. We've mentioned the uh, difficulties of, of goal-to-go situations. and I like that. Like yeah, yeah, just just your thoughts on that play and and maybe, you know, if you if we'll see more of Evan in certain situations similar to that.
3: So red zone and goal to go is perfect for that RPO style that Evan can bring cuz you know there's not a lot of space, but that RPO game optimizes space to its full capability, being able to give Evan the give Evan the matchup where he needs to make a cut, get vertical, get in the end zone or maybe freeze that that corner, that linebacker and that window just barely. So you can fit the ball right in there because it's all about timing. It's all about quickness. It's all about speed down when, when in the red zone when things compact and we've been having trouble with that. So I like that, the idea of like Evan Prater, like we're inside the 10, we're inside the 15, like let's, let's, we're tightening down. Let's, let's try to optimize our opportunities here by putting them into an RPO. Look, um, But, yeah, I thought Evan uh, Evan did good. He stepped up. He got us the win when Ben goes down. But, I mean, I'm not thinking anything like there's going to be any, like, changes or competition. If Ben's healthy, he's the guy. And I I don't think there's any doubt about that. Not to knock on Evan, but I think that's the way it should be.
1: But do you like the introduction of in certain situations for a play – There is the reality of Evan coming in and giving defenses a different look.
3: Yeah, I like it. I think it 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 opens up the offense. It keeps the defense guessing more. It keeps guys that they may know what they're do. They may know their job, but they're freezing. Like how Chuck said, that's a reality. That's real. Um, Just we have to make sure that it's got to be a thing that's schemed. It's got to be like certain, certain look. We're getting a certain adjustment, certain time place in the game because. I don't think it's going to disrupt the offense, disrupt Ben, and I think disrupt Evan too if it's kind of like a randomized, like back-and-forth type thing. But I do, like you said, like the idea of a more of a kind of like a schemed-up situational thing that can benefit – I think that will benefit the offense. Well, it's almost like
2: Tulsa ran a similar style as far as having Davis burn in until they got to a goal line set, and then they brought in their shiftier –
1: Quarterback. So that's also because Davis Brand was playing in a coffin. That, look, I get it. he was a
2: marionette
0: out there. He was on
2: strings. I, I,
1: I know.
0: Um, I don't even say marionette; those move better than he did.
1: Um, but the point I guess I'm getting at is, I know a lot of people are like, "Well, why don't you have a series for Evan?" That throws off continuity. Yeah, <clears throat> but if it's a situation of like, okay, first and goal from the seven, go score. Let's put Evan in. For a play and they split Ben out wide, yeah. On that play, Ben didn't come off the field, so now you've got you know, maybe it's you've like got the wild a wildcat we do yeah, with, kind of and yeah. yeah. And, and you could have a, a trick play where Evan takes the snap, Ben takes two steps back, Evan throws yeah. a lateral to him, and Ben's got the ball to, to make a play down. Like, there's a lot of different things you can do if you have both of them on the field and it it does make defenses think for a second. So I I, I've never had a problem with the idea of like, let's get Evan a look here and there to change things up where I've, where I've always said that. And especially like knowing Luke, what he's not going to do is he's not going to say the third series is Evan's series. Like when he picks a quarterback one, he picks quarterback one. Yeah, And he rolls with that. Yeah. It worked out pretty well the last time he did that. Yeah, That guy was pretty good.
3: Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> I will I also say um, one thing that just kind of sprung to my mind is maybe like – maybe not a set series, but like kind of like feel it out to the game. Like, all right, let's go – let's get Evan in there for a series, but let's make it all tempo. Let's go Adam RPO, get a couple first downs, and then maybe bring Ben in and slow it back down or hell – I don't know, like that change of pace, maybe like up tempo RPO, like boom, 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 boom. Like I could see that being a good situation, but it's got to be like a schemed adjustment, like not like a, oh, bend and do good, throw him in there. I think it should be I something like, like, all right, we this, this point in the game or when we feel right, let's, we're doing the NASCAR, NASCAR, go, 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 get Evan in there, let's roll RPO city. I think that'd be good. I think that could be a good little switch up.
0: Yeah, it's like a what? second
3: script, you know, like, yeah. like every team has their opening script
0: where that's normally where they're on fire and able to move the ball. Uh mm-hmm. You know, and, and we mentioned Brent, the wildcat. One more, one
1: more thing real quick, Brent. Um, what does this do confidence-wise for Evan? They're down 24-21. All of the game pressure is on. Ben is out. And they go 50 yards in two plays. I mean, it was you know the 15 yarder to Josh, and then and then Chuck makes the 35 yard touchdown. But for Evan, confidence wise, if you see loses that game, it's it, in whatever, however fair or unfair it is, Evan was going to be the quarterback that couldn't get them, yeah, across the finish line to win. But he did,
3: yeah, and he got good. the
1: job done. I mean, I, I think that's, that's huge it. for him going forward.
3: Yeah, no, it's good for him going forward. anytime you might need him. I mean, if Ben gets dinged up, heaven heaven forbid, but or anytime we want to go a little package with him, just having that swag, having that that moxie knowing that he uh brought the team back and got the dub for us on Saturday, that's big. And I'm I'm proud of him and I was in the locker room like I mentioned before and one of the first things like that ha- I saw happen was Ben go up to Evan and say I'm proud of you, dude. Like, way to go. And like that's that just shows like the kind of character both those guys have the kind of room that quarterback room is and how special it is. And that's going to carry this team far, having leaders like that at quarterback, having uh, grown men who can, you know, root each other on and put, put any form of jealousy besides and just be great teammates. So that's great to see.
0: Yeah. I, what I was going to say was just the fact that, you know, we mentioned Wildcat and different things like that. And, and normally Wildcat uses a running back and, you know, or you know Travis Kelsey, if you will, if you want to go back to, the, to those days. But this, in this sense, you know, like like we like Chad saw throughout, you know, practice and and all throughout, you know, camp. And as Aaron and I saw at the spring game and, and as well at camp, is Evan can sling the rock at times as well. So yeah. when you when you do bring him out there and the other team maybe is starting to shift their focus, saying, okay, this is going to be a RPO, you know, NASCAR, go go go, but maybe they do that for a couple of plays and then one is a fake and you hit Tyler Scott deep with, with them. So, um, I, I'm completely not against it. I, I think it's uh, I think it's a good idea because even in the, in the second half, even, you know, this, this game as well, there was, you know, a good drive. And then, you know, another solid, you know, two play drive, as Chad mentioned for a score, but outside of that, it wasn't like they were you know lighting the world on fire scoring touchdown after touchdown. So, uh, second halves have been a bit of a bugaboo as of recent weeks, and maybe that that little change of pace is is something that could really uh, spark a uh, spark what the team needs. So, yep. uh, foot foot race. Who you got? Aaron Smith, Ryan Royer, Ty Van Fossen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not keeping up with either
3: of those two guys. Ty runs like a f- high four or five, so I'm Ty's fast. Is fat. Ty is fast, Ty can jump, Ty is a freak athlete.
0: I mean, that was impressive. That, I'm a distant third. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, I I wasn't surprised there at all. Ty, Ty can move. Yeah, but... A hundred
1: pounds ago, you guys would have been in trouble. <laughs> I was Let's a track go. guy, Roy. I know I don't look like it now, but I was a track guy. What event? Uh, 100, 200, 400, sometimes 800.
3: Oh no shit. That's, Is that you?
1: Skinny. Oh yeah, that's me.
3: Wow. All
1: yeah, right.
0: Who's who's got that on deck?
1: Aaron. It's in the it's Aaron's in Aaron's put that
0: up like 10 times.
1: It's in the like streams. the the little sidebar thing we can use. I ran, laser, I ran a laser I ran a laser four two nine. I ran a laser four two nine. I did what in the 40. No way. I was a sub-11 guy in the hundred.
0: We need this footage, Brendel. You can't just be throwing out a
1: 4-2-9. You should be playing in the NFL. I never played football. My football coach yelled at me every day. God damn it, Brendel. You're the fast, second fastest kid in this school. We had a state record holder on my team. Um, track team.
3: But um
1: you I, were I, just, that I was fast.
3: Yeah, I was. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's freaky fast. Yeah. I threw
0: for 500 yards and five touchdowns in a game in Peewee as well.
1: I ran sub-50 in the 400.
3: <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I, when I you would sit up there and talk contention. about Trey and, uh, like, Tyler, and you would just sit back there knowing that you were running like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
1: It was, a, it, was a, it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. What, but, 10 years? Yeah, I ran in multiple – no. <laughs> I, graduated, I graduated high school in 95 earlier. There you go. It's a long time ago. Long time ago.
3: Almost. But, almost I mean, I ran in multiple.
1: I ran in multiple Kentucky State championships, like races. So.
3: Oh. Yeah, you know. I'm glad I, was, I know that now. It's just. Shh. A, keep, a keep it on the Priestley, down though. A Jason Priestley pick.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: I was more of a chillin' Dylan type myself. Priestley was a nerd.
3: <laughs> I'm not following.
1: Nine hundred two one zero, Royer. It's well. It's well before your time. Over <laughs> my head. Brett, you're too old. You're you. You're too young for nine hundred two one zero. Yeah, I, I guess so. I didn't watch it. I was
0: Saved by the Bell, and you know, I was Drake and Josh. <laughs> Drake and Josh. Yeah, my my, my <laughs> sisters. My sisters were watching Drake and Josh. <laughs> I can get in that lane with you, Ryan. No doubt. There you go. No doubt. Um, but yeah, I mean South Florida. I do we need to keep keep beating the drum. Um, you know, it was a victory. 28-24.
1: Get the dub, right? Isn't that how the saying goes, Royer? Get the dub.
3: Yeah. Get the dub, man. Get the dub and move on. Was was there some some
0: bad blood with with USF? It seems like they were another team that it was constantly, it was never easy to Come out and get a clean win against them.
3: Yeah. It, somehow, some way, but they'll never, no one will ever get up to it. goes Tulsa, then UCF, Temple, or is like the top three of like hatred.
1: The Temple thing's like ancient though, now. That's like yeah. four years old. Well, you guys, thing, you guys really put never had last
3: it. year. Jeez. I'll never forget it though. All the guys my age and above, they'll never forget that shit either. <laughs> I just hope Mets is out there, yeah. Bumping Mets, heads knows. Yeah, his, Mets uh, knows
0: this year, so that'll be, will be big. I time. would break them.
3: <laughs> they exactly. will die.
0: They will die. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it just seems like South Florida always just gives them, gives them all they can handle yeah. and then some. So uh, when that's 18 straight against the AAC. Uh, 30 straight at Nippert. Streaks continue. Luke now tied with Rick Minter. 53 wins. The uh, program record. Uh now midway through his sixth year, too. How about that? <laughs> how about Pretty that? Good. Yeah, Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty doggone good. Well, this is the midway point of, of the season as well. Uh so you know what? Things things can only I, I think things things can only go up from here, to be honest with you. I think uh this is a good humbling game. Where they go into, uh, you know, where, where they're still growing, if you will. Where the team looks in the mirror and they says, "Hey, we're not there yet. Let's let's go out and let's try and take that next step and dominate the rest of the way out." And so, good uh good game to roll into that bye week with. Uh, so, should we roll into basketball now? Um, I know there was some there was some. <laughs> Basketball recruiting chatter, uh, before you came on, Ryan, one of the uh, key recruits, one of the uh, priority targets for the basketball team in 2023, Arnton Page, committed to USC, the Trojans. Uh, Oh. That was the breaking news to begin the pod. Another semi-breaking news was Isaiah Collier then tweets a couple, you know, 30 minutes later saying, don't assume. So, because a lot of people consider them a, some people consider them a package deal, if you will. Do you um, think he's just
3: toying with us?
0: It's a, it's an interesting toe to line to look toe at person. Chad. <laughs> <laughs> because that tweet comes out, and then you know Cincinnati's fan base and. He knew what he was doing. Michigan's fan base, and I guess some, somewhat UCLA's fan base. But yeah, yeah, mostly. What does he
3: gain out of that though? It's like either just don't clout. say anything. <laughs> right. wow,
1: come on, they're yeah. kids, Royer. They love the clout.
3: That's true. He he
0: will end up with a thousand likes and seventy responses on that one tweet. So
2: until he actually yeah. commits to
0: USC and he has like
1: five hundred likes.
3: Yeah, when they don't that's, give a shit about anything.
1: That's right. the one thing I don't get, man. That basketball program is just is is a complete non-factor in LA.
3: They just like, sell they- the the LA lifestyles, like the LA lifestyle, we might suck, but like you get this.
1: <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I'm an LA guy. Yeah. I lived in LA, I loved it. I, I hauled my family to LA for vacation this summer. Like yeah. I, I love LA. Um, so I get it. Like it's and, and especially like, I kind of did like, I just went out there and lived there for like a little over a year and was like, yeah, okay. I'm done. I've had enough. Um, it's a phenomenal lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. Arnton Page committed to USC. Um,
2: i do think the quote is interesting it was a combination of their play style coaching staff and what they've done with their big men in the past uh mobley being the most recent big man
0: who's with the Cavs and was a top three pick in the nba draft yeah him and his brother which he wants to be that kind of shooting ball handling for
1: i i think usc actually fits a lot better for Arrington page than it does for isaiah collier because einfeld's history with point guards is not good like you want to talk about the, the complaints about what UC fans had with Mick? Slow it down, walk it up, pound it inside. That is USC basketball. Um, I know they're telling him, like, we're going to run and gun. I How do kids still believe that in this day and age?
0: We're going to send you that FGCU tape from... The 2012 NCAA tournament. Yeah. <laughs> Have you done skating. it at,
1: at any point since you got to USC? Well, no. But we did do it a decade ago. I'd be so you, happy we'll if they again.
2: started doing that again. This three-point
0: ball is stupid. Just, just just, to let you guys know a little bit about USC's fan base. Uh, someone on their board, in, the, in their thread about Arnton Page committing, uh, I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but he said, Let's go! Didn't even realize he was on our radar. Radar. Coaching
3: staff ain't playing.
1: (laughs) Didn't even know this guy existed. Great job.
3: Let's go. We love basketball. Ball in net.
1: He officially visited them twice, Royer. Once as a junior. And again, a week and a half ago for his senior official. Did you know that? They get two now. Oh, really? You get five official visits as a junior? And then five official visits as a senior ambassador. Huh. That's fun.
3: Good for the yeah. guys. Hell yeah! Give me ten, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Hawaii.
1: You looking? Yeah. You looking? You looking? I'd, I'd like to, like to come visit. <laughs> 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 um, look, I like Arnton Page. Um, there will always be that um memory in my head of how different he looked as a player when he wasn't playing with Isaiah Collier, um, it was not the same guy. And I'm sure some of that was confidence. Him and him and Zay have been high school teammates. They're AAU teammates. There's that synergy with the point guard and, and the guy setting the pick and rolls, where they roll, where they flash, where they pop. Like, you know everything about each other's game. But Paige just wasn't the same dude when he didn't have Collier. And that's why Collier's number one player in the country obviously but in scouting somebody like you know let's say page is a three or four year guy and and collier's a one-year guy now you've got a guy that's like having to to discover who he is after his buddy leaves um so i'll be interested and i he was thing with him that's one of the most quiet kids i've ever encountered like i did a almost six minute interview with him Couldn't write a story because there wasn't enough (laughs) to use. Like if if you got four or five words out of an answer, like it was pretty good. And that's just his personality. He doesn't say a whole lot, keeps to himself quiet. He didn't like there was no there was no announcement date. There was no like hype around it. It was just out of nowhere at at eight o'clock tonight. Arrington Page is committed to USC. So he's a different dude. Yeah, yeah, he's that. a different dude um, I'll different be interested nowadays. to see how he yeah. does out there So is Well, Collier yeah. said his commitment date Two months in advance Yeah, Like, you know I will be committing seven weeks from now
3: so, <laughs> <it is. laughs> Do you said think he knew Do you think he knew then? Or is he, is he still deciding? God I Personal opinion I think he knows where he's going Why would he wait that long then? Just to build?
1: To get a little bit of a chance to see what teams look like the first week or two of the season. Yeah. Um, And then kind of to see. He's signing the last day of the early signing period. So in basketball, you get one week. The second Wednesday in November to the third Wednesday in November. He's committing on the third Wednesday in November. So see what the recruiting class looks like. Make sure. I would guess there's a little bit of, like, make sure everything that they've told you is actually, like, on paper. Yeah. Um, a little bit of that to it. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, UC will be fine. Um, frustrating to to spend that much time on a kid and not have it happen. Uh, but, you know, he, he officially visited Cincinnati twice as well. Um, So that's always, it sucks, it's recruiting, it's how this this business goes, Uh, but to see a kid, you know, you've been in on that long, pick somewhere else, frustrating, but there's, you know, maybe they they go to Aruba, Jamaica, maybe they go to Kokomo, I don't know, you get there faster if you take it slow, Brent.
2: That's where
0: they want to go. That's where we wanna go. Flory double. Uh yeah, so <laughs> it's uh it's a. Uh, it is a chance a to, to really really hone in on all um, the other targets as well. I, and that's the thing, you know, they they've kinda line things up where there is those other options that they've kind of started to, you know, make inroads with and obviously one of those that you just mentioned, they've, they've made huge inroads with. Um, but from from you following this this recruitment of the two-wheeler guys, Chad, was USC one of the spots that, that you could tell that was telling Paige similarly that we'll take you, just you, we want you, kind of honing in on, on
1: that I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's with, with him, it was so hard to get any right. information. He just didn't speak. Like, at least with Zay – like you, you, with Collier, you can't get anything definitive, but right. at least you could get a feel for like kind of where things were flowing. Right. With Paige, man, it was it was hard. It's hard. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't go to Texas Tech. It's hard. Um. I I just don't know. Nothing where would the, have surprised me with Paige. Nothing. I just,
0: I just don't know where the the connections were outside of obviously call your connection as well, well out there I mean, in USC. I, I'm sure he
1: knows more than we know about yeah. what Zay's thinking. Right. Yeah.
0: So um but hey there's there's plenty of other options big man wise that Cincinnati has been uh more than more than set on looking at. Uh what's, what if Cincinnati, Cincinnati was saying? actually
1: more set on and reclassification and that's the vibe Arrington got. Uh floor is a five Arrington's a four. So they, they easily could have played together. So that's not really, not really all that relevant. They absolutely gladly, if Flory does end up in the 2023 class, they absolutely would have taken both. So I don't think that really plays too much of a factor in it.
0: Well, something that does play a factor, not really uh, completely in this, uh, page situation, but in the, uh, the power forward and uh 2023 commitment as well is uh, the fact that there were a couple of visitors on campus, uh, official visitors this uh, past weekend. Just one. Um, well, well, two. One. Yeah. Rayvon. Yeah. Right. Ray, uh, yeah. Right. So one being of course, Rayvon Griffith, who is kind of the, uh, the motor that's trying to push forward this, this whole hometown hero and, and uh, you know, committing to West and, the yeah. movement, if you will. And then, of course, is Tyler McKinley, who's a name that has always been servicing with the staff. They've sent full staff to, to go check him out when he was here in Cincinnati. Now he's down there in Branson, Missouri at Lake Academy. They've done the same thing, uh, getting eyeballs on him. He was able to be back in town. It was a homecoming, on homecoming did you know, weekend.
1: Did if you, you know will. Branson, Missouri is like a golf mecca?
0: Yes, I, I said that last week. I said great for golf courses, but but pretty terrible town overall.
1: Not a place I would think just out in the middle of nowhere. That like I, you know like like Myrtle Beach. I understand.
0: I went there for a bachelor party.
1: Of course you
2: did. How old was the person
0: that was getting married? My God. Well, well, we we golfed for most of it, but and then after that, it was like I asked for I asked for a Bloody Mary at breakfast. They said, we don't serve those. I said, what, what, what is this? I, can I get an iced coffee? <laughs> they said, we don't serve an iced coffee. I said, just put the coffee on ice. <sighs> I drank my black coffee and had a uh, had a whale of a time there. In Brent, Branson, you're Missouri. like
2: 35 years younger than the average age person in Branson, Missouri.
0: Not at the golf courses. Look up Payne's Valley. I'm talking about it's the whole entire area
2: of Branson, Missouri.
0: There's some good courses out there. There's no doubt about that. But, I, I mean, the city... There's there, there's some bars that are you know I I don't know it's it's an interesting town you can you can go see Elvis Presley's I think it's Elvis Presley's cousin's son you're sings about his t- songs
2: you're about 20 years younger than the average golfer so I mean you got that going
0: against you. I shit. don't know I I think I think the uh, the age is really trickling down
3: you a golfer Royer have we talked about this <laughs> am I a golfer yeah, I can step foot on a golf course and I can swing my club around, He's but <laughs> <hours>. <laughs> which way it goes, nobody knows the ball may or may not be playable 90% of the time. Well, well then you're in, you're in for the
0: BCJ outing. There you go. You've been selected, but uh... all, all for it then just play a scramble. Yeah, there we I'll, go. I like that idea. Best ball. There we go. Uh, so he was in town, obviously Chad and, a very strategic homecoming for two guys who have, who have gone to prep schools, but reside from Cincinnati and uh, all reports. It looks like you've gotten some word back that the visit of course went really well. Um, Anything more on that front with McKinley and his recruitment?
1: No, I mean, I put it out there. I think it was great to see from his mom, his mom responded uh, Mm. to the post that I put up about how great of a time he had coming back home this weekend the love that the city showed him um I know they made his mom feel really welcome and and Mm -hmm. and very much a part of his recruitment and and Cincinnati being involved um so everything went exceptionally well from what I can tell with Tyler uh and like I said that is um that's having some communication with Tyler as well so um we'll see I mean, he's a 2024, so it's a ways off. But all you can do is keep plugging away and put put a good your best foot forward any chance you can get. Him and Ray have been close for a long time. He considers Ray kind of like a big brother. They were hanging out um, at the tailgate. They were hanging out at the game. Uh, they spent a lot of time together over the weekend. So um, they're doing. Everything they possibly can do to put their best foot forward with Tyler McKinley uh, to get him. And he's very close with his mom. Like, I knew about this visit for weeks. But he didn't want it out there because he wanted to surprise his mom by coming back in town. Because he's he's out in the middle of nowhere. Um <laughs> Brian said Branson is like Las Vegas if Ned Flanders ran it. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, but, uh, so, you know, he's a Cincinnati kid. Like, the dude loves everything about Cincinnati. So, we'll see. I think this comes down to UC and Xavier. Ohio State has a shot, but I don't think – that. I think it's – I think it's UC or Xavier that, that are going to go toe-to-toe on this one. So, yeah. Um, his official visit was a, was a wild success, it would appear.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and that, that other school you mentioned, they they don't have football games that he could attend. So um, that atmosphere probably got him got him a little bit more riled up than going to hang up there in, uh, in that other city. Uh, but, yeah, Dalen Swain obviously was in his mentions today after he posted the pictures from the visit. So I'm sure that'll be a very hometown-centric recruitment all the way until the end. Uh, but – that's been all over it from day one. And Chad, you've been to a bunch of his games, AAU-wise, and he's really developed into a good looking player. So yeah, um, I'm sure it's gonna be something that you keep pushing and shoving, but now all the other boys are starting to come into the race. Uh, we mentioned an Auburn offer a couple weeks ago. I'm sure the uh I
1: I can't I can't imagine him playing outside of far away from home. Right I, can't, right. I can't see it.
0: Right. Um, but yeah, so Ravon obviously doing everything he can to keep pushing forward chisel uh, James was also in Cincinnati uh, unofficial visit obviously because he had his official a few weeks ago but you know the movement they' they're trying to make it all work um, I don't think we we mentioned Adams addition to the staff I don't think we mentioned that on this pod but obviously you guys have mentioned it on the nightcaps and on uh, BCJ pod as well so momentum man. It's a, it's, a, it's a really good thing to have on your side. Uh, yep. But who knows? And anything more, it looks like Foley left Midnight Madness in Indiana with Mike Woodson saying Indiana basketball is pardon my my bad language, the shit. So uh I guess that's uh
1: he 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 just had to take out the if he <laughs> <been> right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And well, you want to talk about a fun, fun town to visit, that, that good old Bloomington. That's a, that's a well of a time there. But, Great uh, college town. Amen, Ryan. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, uh, anything more basketball recruiting wise? I think obviously it's just Flory had his vi- unofficial visit last week. I don't know if there's, that'll be a, a long play, if you will. Um, is there a certain date where a player has to commit? And then reclassify. I remember like Marvin Bagley committed no. and then immediately reclassified day of or something like that.
1: <clears throat> the first day of classes that year.
0: Okay, so it doesn't really matter.
1: All right. No, it doesn't
0: matter. I didn't know if they could commit and then like wait a while and then say I am. Reclassified. Well, sure they can
1: do. It. It's it's a verbal commitment. You can do whatever the hell you want. Right. You can even sign a letter of intent and then reclassify. Like okay. But no, there's nothing in there saying like, well, you signed your letter of intent. You're not allowed to reclassify. You just have to meet the academic requirements. And the, you know, because he's from Africa, the, all the NCAA jargon uh, to be able to do that.
3: Mm -hmm. So a lot of jargon
1: from the NCAA. A lot of jargon, a lot of jargon,
0: a lot of jargon, a lot of jargon. Speaking of jargon, Jargon. uh, let's go ahead and jargon on into the uh, BBP mailbag. How about that now? I got the the home run hit, and there's no baseball on, so that means we got to roll <laughs> this uh, podcast into the mailbag. Aaron, take it away.
2: I don't know what that southern twang was that came out of nowhere.
0: Was there one? Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah a little bit. <laughs> so All good. right, the
0: old mailbag <laughs> <laughs> with
1: Chatty B, Royer, and A. A. a run. Out of here. That's my family. All right.
0: hi. <laughs>
2: All right. Uh, What do you think is the most likely next addition to the football team? A current high school senior commit, a current high school junior commit, or a transfer into the program?
1: Uh, I'll go high school senior commit. I would concur. And I won't expand any farther on that.
2: I think I was Mm -hmm. privy to some of that conversation.
3: I'm going to let the geniuses do their work on that one and leave (laughs) no comment.
1: (laughs) Are you calling Pat Lambert a genius? Mine
0: is – and even go button. with the super senior week commit, Ryan
1: Royer.
3: <laughs> Coming back, baby. You're six. <laughs> you got one more. We ain't done yet. I'm not leaving. <laughs> Coming back, man.
2: All right. Uh, what does a typical bye week look for look like for players and coaches? We did cover that. Um, the defensive line didn't have their typical dominant performance. Was the game plan to contain the quarterback more than pressure? And number 3, I thought Ryan Montgomery looked really strong in his limited carries. Do you think we will see an increase in his carries or will Kiner step back into his role?
3: wow um, I think I, Kiner will step back in. Yeah, I think.
2: Well, and I think Do Chuck you know, I think Chuck yeah, lined himself and, up. Yeah, Chuck lined himself up.
3: Chuck got paid.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You're getting paid um, with extra As far as the as far as the game plan, like I just think we talked about it earlier. I just think South Florida got it out quick. They were yeah. not that, that. He was not standing back there, making reads. Like it was it, one, two, three, bang, dig route, hitch route, drag, cross, like yeah. slant. It was everything was. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah, they saw the. They table. know.
3: Yeah, they know. They saw. They said we got to get out.
0: Again, didn't you're saw, you, didn't gonna... all, you didn't see all. You didn't all like they did against Tulsa
1: either. Well, yeah, because they couldn't.
0: No, 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 no. I know, but i just saying even
1: if they, even if they ran an all-out blitz to the naked eye, you wouldn't have seen it.
0: Right, right. But I'm saying it it does seem like against scrambling quarterbacks, there is kind of that spy. Like last year was Wilson Huber against all these quarterbacks, who kind of you know, you know. People have asked a lot of people have asked
1: if Ivan was spying. I think it was Huber that was spying uh, more than anything. I agree. When they used anybody to spy, I don't think it was Ivan. Yeah,
3: I saw Ivan going in a lot. I think he's just yeah. getting tackled or just not having enough time to get They the don't team. want Ivan to spy. They want him to go disrupt. They don't want yeah, him right. waiting. All right.
2: If you knew right now, Ben Bryant would not be ready in two weeks for the SMU game, would you prepare Brady Lichtenberg or Evan Prater as the starter?
3: Evan Prater. Evan <laughs> Prater. Evan Prater. I, I, I concur. Yes. No question's a dumb question, though let's not, Evan, let's not make fun creator. of our listeners i I said nothing I just I, <laughs> let's hope let's hope they were just uh 2
2: Qb2 quarterback controversy <laughs> uh what offense is better to win at UCF and a conference championship strong passing game with okay running game when Ben plays or number two strong running game with an okay passing game when Evan plays.
1: I think both are going to be really difficult because UCF, say what you will about their offense. Their defense is really good.
2: I also think that we've had a strong running game in exactly one game this season.
1: I wouldn't agree to that. Strong? Good. I'm looking at the the running they had 200 yards against Tulsa. That's not a bad running game. Okay. True. They
2: just felt more dominant last.
1: Like on it's Saturday. It, for sure. Well, yeah. I mean,
2: how much of that was in the it one? wasn't
1: two huge plays, right? Yeah. Seven chunks. here, six there. Chunks,
0: Man. chunks, chunks. two thirty-two <laughs> against Kennesaw State, one ninety-eight yeah. against Tulsa, two twenty-one against South Florida.
3: Yeah, 70 of that was on what Miles is game. Miles is in garbage time. Right. Yeah. Seven seven point uh, seven on an
0: average. I go
3: I'm going with a uh, strong passing game. Um, Okay, running game with Ben. I agree. I think we're all in With the occasional
0: mix of Evan in there to keep him on the toes. Goal line packages. There you go. Are we using the tight end to
2: block because of the O line? I don't understand why they're not utilized more in the passing game.
1: I I think there was a great thread on the tight ends on the board that you should go check out. That talked about how their percentage of usage is right in line with like Travis Kelsey's usage in the NFL and uh, Georgia's usage of their tight ends. Uh, when many consider, um, you know, child, they have freak, the best freak show, that they have the best tight end room in the country. The, the usage for Cincinnati is right in, in line with that. Mm-hmm. I think that they're using their tight ends, uh, you know, in terms of targets. At about twenty one percent, Trey Tucker's at twenty eight nine percent. Tyler Scott's at twenty eight percent. You are going to throw the ball less to Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker the way they've been getting open. Nope.
3: No, no mix. I'd and, say,
1: yeah, there is a good mix. Like that's that's I think Ryan the, the part that when we talk about all the weapons, well, guess what? Distribution of those weapons gets very difficult yep. when you have. A really good bound a field wide receiver, a really good slot wide receiver. You've got a couple good running backs. You've got two NFL tight ends. Y- your boundary guys are getting are getting better. You know what we didn't talk about Jaden Thompson making half of that team <laughs> piss down their leg.
3: Yeah, that as was Coach insane. B would say.
1: Like, uh, 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 uh,
3: uh. yeah.
1: Yep. Stop. Start. Go. Stop. Start. It was like a like a playground. Like yeah, when they were trying to get the flag off of him. That was incredible. It's awesome. What he did on yeah. that touchdown run. Yeah,
3: he shows how talented he is. That he's yeah. con- and he's it's hard to be like have that show when you know you're you're in the shadows of all that other stuff, all those other and you've got Martner Yeah, you got more. Chris
1: Scott. Yeah, like, spreading the ball around is very difficult. Do I wish they would, would maybe get find some more targets in the red zone or in close for the tight ends? Yes. But I have very little issue with how they're using – I mean, most of these games, you're talking about eight, nine guys catching passes.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That's hard. This is not a team that's throwing 50 passes a game.
3: Yeah.
0: It's you know, they're very having, balanced. They're having success yeah. with, with some – why was some running back screens as well? I mean, you saw against Arkansas, Chuck busted along when they got called back. You saw Ryan Montgomery's long one in this past game. It, there's not only the wide receivers and the tight ends, but the running backs are also getting involved as well.
2: I know we don't have this step, but John White asks in the chat, uh, what's the third down tight end target percentage? And I, I have no
1: idea. right
2: I, and I know you don't know that, but
0: I think it's an interesting question. I think it's not bad because I, I think I remember Lenny catching a couple of big third down conversions. Mm-hmm. I, I mean it's it's there's just so many mouths to feed. And it's not like the tight ends are used as tight ends on every single play. A lot of times they're also split out in that you know K position, if you will, as well. So it's kind of you know, they act as wide receivers on top of just being a tight end.
3: I wouldn't be surprised if you see a little uh we've ran like kind of like almost like a throwback screen to Lenny and Josh. Sometimes we've had some success with it in the past. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that was more of Denbrock's call, Denbrock's play, but it's worked for us. So I'd like to see that. Mm -hmm. They normally get a good chunk on those little uh, delay screens to the tight end. All
2: right. Uh, Halfway through the season, who on this roster is positioning themselves to get drafted next year?
3: that are that weren't should we go by who weren't supposed to get drafted or who were supposed to and still going we, to do it are we talking this upcoming draft we think or yeah this
1: upcoming draft like the the draft in the spring i guess
3: josh and lenny we talk about them a lot ben yeah. ben sent himself up tyler scott give him a chance ivan um ivan yes ivan deshaun does pace pace can get pace can go right Deshaun, yeah, yeah,
1: I think he's I think he's had a little bit. I don't want to say disappointing, but like he hasn't been as good as he was last year to this point. So I don't know that I would say his draft stock is up at this point. Yeah. What
3: yeah. about Briggs?
1: Um, Briggs I think you know as a as a nose in the NFL, like I think mm-hmm. he gives yeah. you a lot of what you would look for. Um And the
0: people are highlighting Dante Corleone saying, "Let's keep an eye on this young cat."
1: Well, that's a redshirt freshman, so he can't – Yeah, I know,
0: but I'm saying he's so. helping out his draft spot.
1: Royer, did you see my tweet today? Which one? Pro Football, I... pro football Focus, uh, number one ranked defensive player in the country, Ivan Pace. Ivan Pace. Number four, Dante Corleone.
3: <laughs> oh, let's go. That's let's from the
1: grading system where they grade every snap, what you do, how effective you are. Dante's like a 91.6 uh, in his BFF grade.
0: They see him That's, push back the center on every single player. Snap.
1: Well, and, you know, PFF was, was the first real media outlet to hype on Sauce. Yeah. To, like, break down what Sauce was doing that first year and be like, wait a second. Yeah. This kid's sick.
3: Yeah, they know and their stuff over there. Still is.
1: Now he's shut down Jamar Everyone. Chase and Tyree Kill, and I think he's, his football thing I think is going to work out for Ahmad.
3: Should should work out. If not, he's I mean, got that I, wing that wing deal that should carry. He does up. have the wing deal. Right really now. maximize
0: on
1: that.
3: <laughs> but shout out to your guy's boy first AP too, this week, Ryan.
1: Yeah. AP AP looked fresh to death Thursday night with the blue suit.
3: <laughs> he did. I don't know if you saw his. What he was wearing on the sideline, he looked like an undercover cop. He looked horrible. (laughs) Terrible. (laughs) He looked like he was going to storm the Capitol on January 6th. Oh, no.
2: (laughs) Moving on. Uh, That's the football mailbag. (laughs) Uh, Basketball mailbag.
3: It is not affiliated with his political views at all. Which returning
2: player do you think is poised to make the biggest improvement from last season to this upcoming season?
1: I have to see more. I, I just, I, hopefully we get Kelly home tomorrow and I can start going to basketball practice. The plan was to have seen three, four practices um, by this point in time, but it, it hasn't happened yet. So uh, and soon, I promise soon. And if I don't get there, we're going to get people on here that have been to practice and can tell you what they've seen. That is my solemn promise.
3: I have one comment. On my way walking through to the uh, Bearcats Go Pro event, there was a guy staying after practice to work on his two-ball uh, hand ball handling drill. Uh-huh. So whoever that guy was, that would be my – What would he look like? Tall. <laughs> tall and white? Tall and black. Tall and black. Hmm. Skinny. Tall, and-
0: how, how tall are we talking?
3: He was thin. He wasn't like he was a thinner, kind of lengthy guy, kind long legs on the arm. Uh shorter hair. Kind of like um not like a fade. He had he had a little it was like not like a don't
0: it's know. Like a
3: little little twists. Twist? No, it was just like it was like um a it it was like Aaron, pull up the cry. team picture.
0: Reed. I'm thinking, I'm thinking <laughs> it's Landers. I'm thinking
1: Josh Reed or Landers. That that's kind of the
3: I can only see like it's the side of him and like the the back. Um, he's putting the work in though. I was like, hell maybe, yeah, let's maybe, go.
0: Maybe uh, maybe Skilling's.
1: No, Skilling's has got kind of the the puffy fro. Yeah, but he's he's
0: he's <laughs> taller than I than
1: I Yeah, I've but I mean, he doesn't fit the the hair description. We're playing might, like that. Um, guess who? Guess who? It's
3: it's A. not like long hair. It's not it's not twisted or anything. It's just kind of like. Not like a it'd be like my hair, but if I was black. Maybe maybe <laughs> so I don't know that length, I guess. I don't know how I'm, to describe it. Light skin, dark skin,
1: <laughs> medium skin.
3: Oh god, you guys are really putting me. This is just <laughs> Aaron's about uh, to put up a picture of the team. I'm now profiling this guy. <laughs> I think, go, uh,
1: go Bear Gats, I'm, I'm trying to
2: throw you, I'm trying to throw you a bone
1: here. All right, who you got?
3: Um, it's hard to see. Can I expand this myself? If anything, it would be either the guy next to Newman or. Phenasy? He's
1: not very tall.
3: Oh, man. Or, oh, or the guy behind uh number two in the back. Odie. Odie. Yeah, yeah. I think that's who it was. Yeah. Yeah, Odie. Yeah. Um, my pick is Victor uh, Larkin
0: as returning Good sh- players.
3: Good shit, Odie, keep it up. There we go. There
1: you go. Odie's a hard worker, so that that lines up. That lines up. What else we got? Where are you? Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't I,
2: know yet. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to
1: say John Newman.
2: Uh, how are like we feeling? That. How are we feeling about the shooting on this year's team?
1: Uh, uncertain
2: i would say it's probably improved
1: probably improved would would match up with uncertain i think yep well <laughs> different words to say the same thing
2: i would just think the addition of landers nolly opens up every should
1: season. yeah it should it should give jeremiah more open looks you all goes hope, according to plan <laughs> you would hope mike adams woods bounces back and shoots a little better than he did last year
0: freshman Julius, year mike adams shooting wise, yeah
1: cautiously optimistic that it'll be better uh
0: if
2: page committed to us would we still recruit mckinley seeing they're both fours also do you think this 23 class still needs a three-point lights out shooter well as we know page committed elsewhere
1: well and mckinley's 24
2: so he was always going to continue that doesn't to matter
1: um a lights out three-point shooter It depends. I think they could use a transfer that, you know, has three-point shooting as a plus on his resume, for sure. All right. But some of that depends on Josh and Dan. Like, if Josh and Dan can really shoot,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. you're not as as desperate for it.
2: Can you provide any insight on what recruits typically do when they come for a visit, certain restaurants or attractions that are used most often?
1: If this is basketball – specific like i know they they typically will have a night where uh the players go to top golf and then the parents go out with the staff a lot of times they go to prime um they bounce around to some other spots around the city um you know it's a lot of on campus watching practice um meeting with the the academic team and what you want your major to be and then meeting with the head coach uh, in his office, uh, going out to dinner on that second night. Like I said, you know the team goes to top golf. The families go out to a nice, expensive dinner. Um, Royer, you didn't—you didn't get an official visit, did you? No.
3: <laughs> Have you been a host? I've hosted a lot of recruits, not in my backyard.
2: <laughs> right, we covered that. I think last week, Chad.
1: Well, I'm just like have you been a like have you done any Oh. like official visit?
3: No, I haven't like officially hosted someone where I go like bring him to the dinner and stuff like that. Um and I was not given an official visit either. So Coach Vic owes me one cuz he was cheap and didn't want to treat his best recruit the right way.
1: <laughs> I know football now, they go to fix house generally on that first night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they got that
3: big barn now.
1: Yeah. And then the it's second night, the second night they'll go out somewhere uh nice, but a lot and of I'll tell a you lot about of, the
3: third night, the third secret night,
1: that's just for the locals. The other kids fly the other kids fly home. The out of town kids fly home. The locals
3: they get the special treatment.
1: <laughs> they get Royer's backyard <laughs> with Mike Warren.
3: Yes,
2: <laughs> uh, that's the basketball mailbag. Uh, moving on to the banks. Uh, true or false? If Joe Burrow does not miss two weeks of training camp with an appendectomy, the Bengals are no worse than four and one, maybe five and no.
1: That's not the Bengals' problem.
2: I'm gonna say that's false.
1: Yeah. False,
2: uh, Brent. False. All right, very good. True or false? If Zach Taylor plays any of the <laughs> starters, particularly the O line, even one game in the preseason, we are no worse than four and one, maybe five and zero. I'm gonna say false. true. False. 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 All right. Thanks, Brent.
1: Uh, they were still f- they were still gonna play Micah Parsons and and T.J. Watt in week one and two, right?
2: Yeah, but they might actually know each other's names. Had had shaken hands before.
1: They knew Parson and and Watt's names because it's on the back of their jersey from when they were sacking Joe Burrow. Right.
2: <laughs> if someone else besides – true or false, if someone else besides Zach Taylor is calling the plays, we are no worse than four and one, maybe five. No, a thousand percent true.
3: Who else is on the staff that can call plays? Um, the offensive coordinator. Yeah, who is it? Joe Brian Burrow. Callahan. Okay, Brian Callahan. But- is he Where's Zach Joe Taylor's Brady? guy? Where's there? Joe
1: Brady? Yeah, he's, he's Zach's guy. Where's Joe Brady? Go get Joe Brady.
3: Yeah, they need Bill Belichick.
1: Joe Brady was the guy that was the offensive coordinator at for LSU, LSU for the national championship year. Okay, that's that's the Joe Burrow whisperer. Isn't, Go yeah. get him.
0: Isn't yeah. Brady the guy that went wild in the for the Bills in the? Yeah, he's
2: in the no booth? Uh, Wait, no, was that, he? no that was or, uh, or was the that old, their OC. That was the old Florida quarterback, yeah. uh, Ken. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Anyway, I'd have to
3: ask my roommates. They're Bill's mafia. Uh,
2: good, good evening, gents. Chad, do you have a second to go over the AAC review show for 2023? Taylor's ready to, to do Aaron's commit edit once you're ready to announce the show. Brent, if you have anything to do with this, I swear to God. Um, rapid fire. Destin, Florida or Fort Myers?
1: I've never been to Fort Myers, so I have to go Destin.
2: I've been to both. I'm going Fort, Fort
3: Myers, Myers. You won't be able to go to for a while, probably It'd be a minute, right? Yeah.
1: Minute. Reed says, remember when Zach Taylor called plays at UC and they didn't score a touchdown for 13. <laughs> <quarters?" laughs> yeah. Yes. I had to write about that. I had that season to was horrible. To it play
2: out that. in real time. Yeah. Uh, favorite Nick at night show. Fresh Prince
1: of LA. I mean, late, I, don't, I don't.
2: Late, late in the rotation.
1: Yeah. Well, like
2: George I, Lopez. I, Another so, late, late in the rotation. I'm, I remember when so, it was like I Love Lucy, Mr. Ed. Right. That's what I was going to say. Here's yeah. what's
1: very sobering. When I was a child, Nick and Knight was in black and white.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh.
1: Mr. Ed, I Love Lucy, bar- like the, the Andy Griffith show, I think. Like it was. <laughs> probably. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't uh,
2: George Lopez and no, Fresh no. Prince of Bel-Air. Well, when my team would stuff. lose
0: in sports and I was all sad, I wouldn't watch sports and I would turn on Nick at night and it would be Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So.
1: Favorite Nickelodeon show of all time is easily Double Dare. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Keenan and Kel. Oh, God, I don't even know. Just, uh, I don't you, think you watch much You can't do that
2: on television. What? Double Dare. So That's what there was a Dare. show called "You Can't Do That on oh. Television." No. <laughs> did you like, know did Mark Summers, something?
1: Mark Summers that that did Double Dare, is the guy that runs the Food Network? Like he's the the like the executive, the VP of the Food no Network. No idea.
2: Good for I him. No. What the guy uh, from Unwrapped? Hell of a fact. What is worse for your mental health: being held captive by sadomasochist S- S- or reading the game threads?
1: I think it's I'd take the
3: first it being one? held ca-
1: like being held captive by people that torture you.
3: Oh, <laughs> don't, or don't
1: to, read, to read the read Sado yeah, or to read our game threads where it's just literally the entire membership of Bearcat Journal freaking out about every play.
0: But the basketball <laughs> game ones are even worse sometimes. Oh,
1: the basketball ones are Those the football. Guys. The football ones, there's at least a. A, delay. a modicum of like, no, there's a modicum of like, you know, don't completely freak out. The basketball ones, people lose their shit.
2: Well, I mean, worse for your mental health, being held captive, at some point you develop Stockholm syndrome, right? So at some yeah. point it gets
3: better. The game yeah. threads never get better.
1: <laughs> no, I've been doing this for 16 years. They've never gotten better. They've only gotten worse. They, okay.
3: need, to do, they need to do a study on you, Chad, your brain during the game thread analysis. Oh, man.
1: I don't read. I generally don't really read it. I just make sure nobody's being like a complete asshole. But other yeah. than that, maybe what I should do is make Aaron be the moderator for the game threads. Like probably <laughs> in the press box. No shot.
2: Um, You don't, you don't pay me enough. <laughs> <laughs> no I
1: barely in the pay world. me enough. I uh, barely pay me enough.
2: P.S. Thanks for all the content you guys put out, including you and you Aaron. And I look forward to seeing your excellent work in 2023. Doing um, the
1: AAC review. Yeah, no. is,
0: is he not doing anything in twenty? The rest twenty twenty two? Come on.
1: Is no, he, he's he's just he hinting it. Oh,
0: Aaron. the AAC, which, which is totally funded, by the way. It's going to be the AAC. Review brought to you by Brent Young, and this it'll be question is hilarious. presented by Brent Young,
2: Taron. All right, question for Chad: After Saturday's football game, Coach Fick gave you a hug on camera before he hugged his wife. Can you comment on your new rivalry with Amy, Amy Fickle? Hashtag. I have no, no rivalry
1: with Amy Fickle, and the next time I see her, I will apologize profusely. Because <laughs> I was just trying to be funny about how many kids he has to hug when he comes off the field. I was just trying to make a joke, and I did not. Realized that the next person he was going to hug was amy and that i stepped in the middle of that until yeah, I, mean, I saw the video
2: not the person and you uh, want to piss off chad
1: wonder I'm
3: woman herself
1: i i am sorry that that was not my intention um then i'll never do it again my bad
3: she'll kill you if you do it again
1: you know like i know right she like, puts like, on you this nice sing. this nice she even she even, gave, like to a, the
3: neck. She even <laughs>
1: gave one of these When I gave him a hug. I did, though. I sent him the picture, and I said, if you'd like, I can get this framed, and we can put it up in your office where the pictures are of him and his family. And he texted (laughs) back this morning and said he got it framed over the weekend, uh, and it's already up.
3: Wow, what a junkster. He just keeps getting funnier. He does, doesn't he? All those McAfee, fuck it, uh, what are they, the shows he's been doing? So Yeah. McAfee, yeah, he's, Eisen. He's up, he's up there with Chappelle. He's just turning into a full jokester. <laughs> he was Part Pardon Mike. My Take.
1: Yeah. He was. He, was moves. He, he actually said after Pardon My Take, he goes, I had no idea who those guys were. Like, really? Should I, should I know them? And I'm like, they have the number one sports podcast in the world.
2: <laughs> <laughs> They're
1: hilarious. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he was sorry. like, oh. Oh, all right. Well, okay. He's like, Are they, did they play anywhere? And I was like, No, they're just really funny. <laughs> they're just
3: average Joes.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, PFT played rugby in college. So yeah. well, <laughs> technically, he played.
1: Luke would probably
3: respect that. We'd
1: probably yeah. be like, Oh, that guy's tougher than shit. Like, they, really- they
2: record in a van.
1: <laughs> used to record in a van. Now they're million dollar studios. Life has changed for those guys.
0: One, one episode on ESPN2, then got the boot. How about that? <laughs> hey, hey, we up next. We up next. Hey, <clears throat> I like that. Positive thinking. Love um, it. Well, wow. Uh, we've got eight minutes to fill, guys. Uh, no, we I don't. don't. Know, Let's go. No, guys. we don't. <laughs> That's the mailbag. Oh, well, uh, by week upcoming, uh, we'll have a basketball centric podcast next Monday. Uh, more than likely, due to obviously no no football game, uh, but hey, another win twenty twenty four. Uh, big shout outs, big thanks, of course to Danco Transmission, dancotransmission.com, Danco Joe, get there. Shout out, you know, Chatty B, A A A A A A Ron Ryan Reuters. well.
1: I, uh, I get- just had a, I just had a. I, I don't know if this kid's any good or what. A, a random 2025 basketball recruit okay. show up in my dms and just dm me jesus loves you
0: i like this i like where Good this first. is going
3: okay spreading Thanks, the bro. love of the lord
1: that's a I, big shout I, out i appreciate it i appreciate it
3: so that's jesus big
1: jesus big big listener of the bounce <laughs> thank you i
0: he's Praise always God. he's always watching always watching uh but hey Yet again, a big shout-out, big thank you to everyone involved. And for my guys, Partners in Crimes, Chad Brendel, Aaron Smith, Ryan Royer, yet again I am Brent Young, a fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!